So, Sal, does your accent get thicker the drunker you get? <laughs> Probably. Okay. It's going to be Tommy by the time we're done. <laughs> just, just making sure. Oh, yeah, it's it's going to end up being like Oni Logan, guys. Like, if I, if I end up being 10 Who deep. Who the fuck is Oni Logan? Orny Lorkin. Who the fuck is Orny Lorkin? Oh, no. Fucking Biff Busick. Okay. Oni? Lorcan. It's not Oni. Is it Oni? Yes. It's Oni. Yes. Orny? No, no, Oni. 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 <laughs> Lorcan. One and Oni. <laughs> that was good. Theme song! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Jeff is... Who the hell is Jeff? Um, well, I'm so glad I get to talk about Cox. I'm really happy. Dicks. Yay. Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. So I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for the rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the rundown wrestling podcast on Intentionally Offensive Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 374. And before we get into it, a special shout out to all the Hebrews and Shebrews out there, as we know that Hanukkah is starting soon. So before we get into it, we've got a couple of guests. That's right. I am not alone in this endeavor. With me, as always, Jason is here. And I'm just happy to be one side of the dreidel tonight. Sal is here. Oh, it feels so good to be back on the rundown. And Jeff is here. Hey. We got a gigantic shit sandwich to swallow this week, as wrestling was not very good this week. So let's get right into a little something that we call... The Perfect Ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten! The WWE has had a history, one would call it, of, um, you know, maybe some steroid use and... Maybe a lot of drug use and stuff like that. Maybe. So how how odd was it to see them spit right in the faces of, of everyone by showing Dean Ambrose getting a steroid injection straight into his bare ass on live TV? Yeah, well, I, it was first off, it was just a bad segment. The promo was bad. Like this is we had so much promise for this Dean Ambrose heel turn. And I feel like it's been slowly creeping back into crazy uncle dean between the hide and seek game with seth rollins last week and now this week with the oh i've got to get an injection an immunization from the fans it's like such 
cheesy, hokey, heel bullshit that that is quickly ruining what could have been a great program before it really even gets off the ground. Um, But, yeah, and then to have the doctor shooting him up in the ass on live TV, like, they were very clear that it was, like, antibiotic or whatever, immunization, whatever the fuck it was, but the visual was not good for them. (laughs) Yeah, I... uh... I mean, I feel like time and time again, it's the same old story with we have these very promising storylines and then we get something uh, like this. Uh, like you said, Crazy Uncle Dean is back with his crazy antics. Um, yeah, it was just not. Uh, it was disappointing. Uh, wasn't surprising that they were going to do something stupid. And the fact that they just. <laughs> the whole, I mean, come on, guys. Are you really going to be that obvious about it? It's ridiculous. You're being way, way too nice to them, Jeff. This program was the hottest program three years ago when they headlined Hell in a Cell. And you had Dean as the face, and you had Seth as the heel. And now you reverse the roles. But guess what? Both guys can still play the role they're given. And I thought Dean's delivery on his lines on monday was fine it wasn't the delivery it was the fucking writing who decided that dean ambrose needed to be a rick martell type of heel where he's disgusted by the fans that's a fucking dumb idea and i had a bad feeling they were going to go that route but this week where he's getting injections because he's disgusted he doesn't want to catch anything from the fans that's it doesn't make any sense it doesn't even fit his character okay let me just put it like this real quick it would have been better if he got a, va- a fucking vaccine and said, oh, just, you know, I don't want to get leukemia, so I'm getting this vaccine. <laughs> okay, uh, a couple yeah, things. Yeah. couple things. First off, Sal, air quotes don't work on an audio podcast. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, how did I know, Sal, you were going to come on here and play the role of Dean Ambrose apologist? It's never Dean's fault. It's always the writing. It's always creative. If the same guy on different shows, in different angles, in different roles as a face or a heel, consistently underachieves and underwhelms, maybe at some point we have to look at the concept that maybe the guy's just not as good as some people think he is. I've never been a huge fan of Dean. I think that's well documented on this show. I was very intrigued at the possibility of what they could do with this heel run. But I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, and he's just falling back into the same shit he's always done. And it's not only is it poor writing, and I'll give you that it is poor writing, but it's also poor delivery. It's poor acting. He's not delivering these lines well. He's over. He's overacting. He's he's way too over the top and hokey with it. It's not done well. Well, you can only do well so much what they give you. And I, I'll give. I'll say this as far as. Dean Ambrose, Seth hasn't been much better in this role, especially not in the promo aspect. I, I think Seth has played his role as as a as a you know scorned friend actually seriously and very well. I think he's believable. He's legitimate. He's credible in what he's saying and what he's doing. He's he's not doing the over the top hokey bullshit. He's yes, he's credible and not noticing Dean behind him last week. Well, that that's... that just means he's mildly retarded. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's bad writing right there. That's not. But Seth did as well as he could with what he was given in that scenario. We're talking about, and, and I, I'd like to go back to your point earlier, 
that when they did this feud before, it was the hottest angle and they headlined Hell in a Cell. As I recall, that was also the same program where Dean filled the Money in the Bank briefcase with crazy green slime to spray it on Seth when he opened the briefcase. It's been shitty every time. It's been promising every time. It's been anticipated every time. And it's been a letdown every time. What was the last major program Dean Ambrose was in that wasn't a fucking letdown? Brock Lesnar, letdown. Chris Jericho, letdown. AJ Styles, letdown. Seth Rollins, one, letdown. Seth Rollins, two, letdown. You think the program program with him and Styles was a letdown? Absolutely. I think Styles, they had the one match. I thought Styles did a nice job. Exactly. Other than that, and I thought a lot of that was was because of Styles and the way he fucking threw himself around with reckless abandon in that fucking match but the rest of it was the the fucking shit with ellsworth and it was hokey as fucking hell ambrose is just look i think it's just time we really this guy was a fucking deathmatch wrestler for a lot of his career maybe he's just not the guy we we want him to be maybe he's just not capable of being the guy we think he can be yeah the, the last time that dean ambrose to me was was really good was before he won the WWE Championship the first time. It was it was the leading up to that that you know I I, I think that he was at his best. But then as soon as he won that championship belt, he was forgetting in a taxi cab the next night. Yeah, and it was completely back down to shit. So let's not forget he, he, had he had a big yes, hat. He had a big hat. That's writing, though. That's not him saying, hey, I want to go out there with a big hat. Like, you you know, know what I mean? uh, first, so first of all, I'm going to stop you there. You don't know that because he's not a pup. He, he's only partially a puppet. These guys do have some input in what they do. Remember, the shield was originally going to come out in turtlenecks with giant shields on there, and the wrestlers themselves said, we're not going to do it. So they do have some input on things. So you don't know that Dean Ambrose didn't go, I found this hat, and I think it's funny. <laughs> And I'm going to put it on and wear it. And the writer's just like, all right, I guess. Go, go for it, dude. <laughs> and, you know. And by the way, if you've watched the Dean Ambrose special recently on the WWE Network, he does that entire fucking thing in kayfabe. Meanwhile, everyone else does theirs as a shoot. So right. I got to think that's Dean going, I don't want to fucking do a shoot. I don't want people in my personal life. I'm going to fucking kayfabe this. So... Yeah, I think he does have. I think he is at the point where a lot of these decisions are are sort of his, or he at least has significant input on them. Uh, right. Speaking of personal life, one thing I forgot to mention about that: I'm so sick of Michael Cole and Corey when the camera goes on them after a Dean segment, and they just stare at Nay and they go, "What's what's going on? What's your husband thinking?" Just stop. What? But why? She's not going to answer it. Like, right, but 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 if you're if you're they're playing the role of journalists and you've got the guy's wife right there next to him who goes home with them and sleeps with them literally every night, you'd be it would be completely implausible that you wouldn't ask her. Right. If if they were just going to continue to pretend that she wasn't banging Dean Ambrose, it would be weird. We would be like, why the hell they've got her right next? We would be saying the complete opposite of what you just said. We'd right. be like, why aren't they fucking saying something to her? Right. I, I'm fine with it, and I like her responses to it because it gives a little bit of layer, layering to her character as well, where it's like, yeah, i got a job to do. We're not going to talk about that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, you know? that's the thing. I just think they go to that well too much, and it puts her in a bad position. Well, I like the way she's playing it, sort of getting more and more annoyed each week when they ask her about it. And I'm sort of wondering if maybe, and I, I kind of hope not, but if they're going to do some sort of weird 
heel turn thing with her as it relates to Dean's matches, at least. I don't know. I got those. Well, vibes. I think. I think. The, I think. I think the biggest problem with this is we have seen like some very very small glimpses of brilliance from what this feud could have been, especially at the beginning when he first attacked him and how vicious he was and and just being a badass. Even when he was a still he was still a face. He came across as just like this angry uh, badass, mm-hmm. and and now now we're getting we're going back to this old. It's like old hat for him. It's I'm going back to the old man phrases, but um, it's it's just this annoying. It's not funny, and it's it's really disappointing. Just because we know that it could be something good. Mm-hmm. Like I said, let yeah. down. <laughs> now, 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 save for the match at TLC because we'll have to see what happens there. But um, yeah, th- this segment in the doctor's office specifically was just bad all around. It, it literally made me shut off Raw. The physicality has been good, although I would have probably kept them apart and not had them touch last week. But when when they've gotten physical, when Dean did the original turn, when they did the the brawl last week, I thought all that stuff was good. I thought it was well done, but. The, everything that hasn't been in ring that's it, been character based and, and you know as Dusty used to say the, the way you talk them into the building that stuff's been poor yep absolutely oh sorry I was looking up old man sings alright um, <laughs> <laughs> damn it moving on so typically um, the concept of an open challenge oh, is usually right is is usually one that's used for a variety of things, but but mainly, usually it's a surprise return or uh, an introduction to a new character, um, or it's because we need to start a new feud. It's definitely not to set up a match that would normally just be set up behind the scenes, and all of a sudden the competitors come out and we say we have a match. So, of course, when Seth Rollins, Rollins decided to bring the Intercontinental Open Challenge, um, you know, patent pending, back, he was answered by Derf Zogler. 23 skidoo, let me tell you guys. Um, <laughs> um, this, uh, yeah, um, Why? Uh, to be fair, let's be fair. It, it was the best match of the night, easily. Um, but that's not really uh, going to be hard to beat, and especially at this Raw. <laughs> this Raw is just garbage in general. Um, I mean, these two, they, they have good matches. But why would you not take this time to have somebody like uh, Bray Wyatt recently came back? Why not have him go there? Or uh, some sort of new NXT call-up? Hell, I wouldn't have cared if, if friggin' Kurt Hawkins came out. I really wouldn't have cared, even though he's on SmackDown. But I wouldn't have cared. Or is he on SmackDown? No, he I came out and so. scared Ember Moon later. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, Kurt Hawkins. I don't care. Just have something different. Just have something new. I don't have the same, like, don't build it up as, like, an, oh, it's an open challenge. Anybody could come out. And then, oh, yeah, we're just going to get the same yeah. match that we get every week. They build up to this great big open challenge, and I'm all excited. And... Ziggler walks out, and I'm like, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Um, 
But, <laughs> but I'm sitting there and I'm why like I, I turned off the TV. I'm like I don't need to see this again. I've seen it before. Not to mention the fact that prior to it, you put up a graphic talking about Seth Rollins defending the Intercontinental Title against Dean Ambrose at TLC. Don't remind me of that before this match because you immediately tell me that nobody's taking this title off of Seth. Oh, guess Seth's not losing. Right. And then you present me a match I've seen 500 times, and I feel bad in a way for these guys because I know they can work their asses off, and I know it's going to be a good match because they're both really good workers, but I have no fucking interest in it. There is no heat to this match anymore. To to Jeff's point, here's what you should have done, right? He issues that open challenge. Out comes fucking Cedric Alexander. Out comes Mustafa Ali. Out comes Buddy Murphy. Any one of those three. You get a fantastic in-ring match. You get Seth winning, which is not, but doesn't damage any of his opponents. And you get a little bit of extra shine on 205 Live, which so badly needs it at this point. Um, And I would have loved to see any of those three matches. Uh, instead, we got this shit. So, Jason, here's where I think that me and you are actually going to be on the same page here. Do you remember when John Cena used to do the open challenges? Yep. And it didn't matter who he fought. It was a fucking great match yep. each and every time, yep. whether it was Wade Barrett, whether it was fucking Sami Zayn. When I saw Ziggler come out, and, and this is 100% real, I in- instantly was just not interested anymore. Because who cares? Exactly. And that's, you know what? And, and and to Jeff's point, anybody else who hasn't got a shot at the Intercontinental title would have been better at that point. Yeah. Drew you don't have to, Exactly. And you don't have to, you know, make a surprise or right. make a return. It can be somebody on the roster. It can be fucking Chad Gable. But instead, we get Ziggler, and you know every single person watching and every single person in the crowd just rolls their eyes. Because it's like, why? Well, and We've already seen this a million times. Right, and in their defense, G- Gable had a match, so he couldn't be it. And I understand not wanting it to be um, McIntyre, because you don't want him to have to take a loss at this point. But like I said, any of those 205 Live guys, you're going to get a great in-ring performance, and a loss doesn't to Seth doesn't hurt them. If anything, it makes them a little bit bigger. Well, the other issue here is how many feuds is Seth Rollins in at this point? Like, I thought he's, he's in a feud with Dean Ambrose, but he's apparently still fighting Dolph Ziggler, still fighting Drew McIntyre. And it, it is. It's just getting to the point where you're like, all right, I don't fucking care anymore. Like, we've done three, we've done six-man tag team matches. We've done singles matches and tag team matches. Like, this feud should be done. Like, get these two, get these fucking people away from each other at this point. Yeah, and it's not like you're revisiting it a few months later. We literally just had Seth versus Dolph. Like, stop. Yeah, no, this was just the poorest of lazy, this laziest of lazy booking. Speaking of getting things we don't want, uh, James Ellsworth finally replied to uh, the accusations that were thrown against him. And uh, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so, uh, in case, in case you haven't heard, uh, James, what is his fucking name? Foley, Mosley, whatever his fucking real name is. James Ellsworth, let's just call him that. Um, recently had a 16 year old fan claim that he was, uh, sending her some provocative pictures 
um, and apparently, uh, essentially saying he wanted to put his penis in her vagina. <laughs> and uh, that's you know kind of a big no-no because he's like 50. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of heard it. So this, I'm going to read exactly um, what he sent. And he did, he did a nice job of typing it up on a uh, Windows 95 computer, which was really good of him. Uh, recently, allegations of misconduct have been lodged against me, which I categorically deny. I have never, nor will I ever engage in any activity that could be deemed as inappropriate or disrespectful. My delay in publicly commenting on this situation was based on the advice of my legal team, which has just completed a thorough investigation and found that I'm guilty. My attorneys have pinpointed a trusted witness who was willing to testify on my behalf, a.k.a. I paid them. In addition, they have uncovered concrete evidence that supports my innocence and proves that without a shadow of a doubt, the social media accounts alleged to be mine are fake and the messages from the account were fraudulently created without my knowledge or consent. My only hope is to restore my reputation as I, along with my family, friends, and supporters, have suffered because of a social media stunt devised to end my professional wrestling career. My team and I are prepared to pursue legal action against any party that persists with the promotion of these lies. forgot to so, put something at the end of that. There was, there was a thing at the end of that you missed. Oh, sorry. Hashtag me too. Uh, no, hashtag uh, <laughs> rehire Ellsworth because he puts that on all of his fucking posts. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the the accuser kind of clapped back against him and showed images of his social media accounts, uh, Jimmy underscore Dream, which is, of course, what he went by on the indies before uh, becoming James Ellsworth. Uh, and, of course, so showing a couple more screenshots and things like that. Now, um, the issue, of course, here is if if Ellsworth turns out to be guilty which you can feel however which way you want to on that. His response here is calling his accuser a liar, mm -hmm. which looks really bad on his part if he is, actually, if, you know, if, if she is lying, then it's fine. It makes, it's, it's fine after the fact. But the problem here, of course, is that this whole kind of Me Too movement and things like that uh, has been a lot, Nine too, yep. Has has been fairly about don't attack the accuser, you know. Once once we get all all you know, once we get everything out of the way and stuff like that. But we're also having a, a an issue right now where a lot of people are taking advantage of the Me Too movement as well. Mm -hmm. See the person that was going after um, Enzo. Enzo. Uh, see also the person that was going after was it Dwight Howard. Um, yes, Dwight Howard very recently. That's yeah. Right. Uh, people who fabricated stories. One one person who uh, completely like photoshopped and made up, or, or and spliced together audio and things like that to to fake things, and apparently has done it before and has seems to have faced zero consequences in that. And yeah, of course, uh, you know, gripping my consensual penis. Uh, that 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 lady again, Gucci witchy dirty bitch. So yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a it's a, it's a dirty landscape right now, and uh, this sixteen-year-old girl will have to see what happens. And sadly, the outcome might not actually be what happened or didn't happen, because a lot of the times these cases tend to get kind of pushed aside and you know swept under the rug. And just because they they are dismissed doesn't mean the person is innocent. 
Now, I would like to add that I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but there's a there's a website I've I've frequented throughout my tenure as a sort of smart mark in the wrestling fandom um, called Raja.com, and it's typically a fairly reliable news site. Um, they do a pretty good job with their reporting. Um, this was they reported this today, uh, and I'm quoting from the website. Uh, According to a trusted Raja.com source, Ellsworth's statements are a cover-up to try and salvage what may be left of his pro wrestling career. On the night that this story broke almost two weeks ago, the source adds that Ellsworth Ellsworth contacted someone on the East Coast and offered this person, quote, a few thousand dollars, end quote, to find out where the 16-year-old girl lived and to steal her cell phone and destroy it. As per the source, Ellsworth wanted this done so that he would not be able to take any of the evidence on the phone and present it to police. Um, Obviously, that's reporting from a website. Like I said, it's a fairly credible website in my experience. Um, but uh, if that is true in any way, shape, or form, I think it's hard to take anything in his uh, little statement there with any seriousness. So, my, so you you go okay. to you go to an India website? No, so it's a WWE News website, and it's Raja R A J A H. Okay. Proceed, Sal. So I feel like I would be a hypocrite if I came out here a few months ago and was like, we need to wait to see what happens with Enzo before we judge him, and then I'm going to judge James Ellsworth. So I'm going to reserve judgment on James Ellsworth. But I will say that if he fucking did do this, he is a piece of fucking shit. Because from what I've read and from what I've heard... He knew she was 16, and if the story that Jason just broke is true, that he tried to get her cell phone destroyed, that means he did everything he possibly could to hide evidence, which makes him even worse of a person. So we'll have to see how it plays out. I'll say that, but it does not look very good right now. Yeah, I mean... If he is innocent, you couldn't have really picked an easier target. I mean, look at the guy. Um, he, he, you said. But, but he, how did they get him videos of him showing his dick? I guess that's right. the, the biggest question. If you're going to sit here and say it was a fake social media account, okay. If it was a fake social media account sending fake text, fine. You can make that case. They have videos of you licking your lips with your pierced tongue, showing your dick. Like, it's pretty clearly you in these videos. So. Well, maybe he was sending it to her older sister. But that's not the way Snapchat works. Like You can't <laughs> save those videos. They delete. That's the whole point of Snapchat. It's why it's the sexting tool of the of the young these days. Um, but I, it's hard for me to imagine that that was faked. Uh, well, if, if, if he did actually do this, he's totally going about it the wrong way. What you should have done, and I, I mean it in a serious way, I'm not. Um, what okay. you should have done is uh, you Hit should have... Hit your face? Have, well, yeah, that's obviously... Um, Killed her! No, you just argue the fact that she said she was 16. Right? I mean, obviously, you, you would still get... Fucking, you're sending news to a 16-year-old, but um, you, if you really didn't do it, you would make it clear because that would just be, you know, your word against hers at that point. 
uh, unless there was witnesses, which I really don't know the whole situation. Um, but, you know, hey, you got to argue what you can, what can't be proven. And if he actually did do it, um, which it's looking like he probably did, he's he's making an ass of himself even worse. I like that Jeff's defenses. She said she was 32. <laughs> hey, you know. She said she was born in 2002, and I thought that meant 2000 also. <laughs> I think the worst part is she's 16, and she looks like she's about 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let that, that be a lesson to all you people that bring your kids to the front row of a James Ellsworth show. They get diddled. <laughs> well, maybe you could just go to death matches after this. There you it go. Does, it does give him the ultimate heel character. That's true. <laughs> I'll fuck your kids. Sorry, right, this oh, is gonna go on. Jesus, hide your children. There's hide, a your, hide your children. <laughs> I'm fucking all your kids. Speaking of piss, <laughs> uh, the the authors of Piss had a, a, a tag team match on Raw because we are actually talking about wrestling here, um, and of course they wind up retaining because their manager. Took piss on a robe. Yep, yep, that happened in 2018 with a staff full of writers who, some of whom have worked for, you know, fairly well-known television programs, and some who have been in and around the business for decades. The uh, best funny, way, pal. the best way they could come up with to try to get their tag team champions over was a fluke win that occurred only because. Somebody pissed on a bathrobe. And that will tie in nicely to a topic we're going to discuss later. Um, but let's, I'm going to look at the positives. Um, I, believe, you know, I believe you mean pissatives. Yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, if, you, if it was even possible that you could pay attention to the actual match that happened. It was a halfway decent match, um, being that there's really no good tag teams, and I guess they're building Rude and Gable as, like, the top, like, challengers for the Authors of Pain. It's halfway decent. Um, and then you pissed all over it, literally, um, <laughs> by having Drake Maverick piss all over Bobby Rude's. I bet he actually pissed on it, too, because, you know, he's known to do that. Is he? Wasn't that like one of the stories? That he's actually into pissing on things? No, like the story was, well, couldn't he? He had like a little gimmick thing in his pants. And, oh yeah, yeah, but I thought you, were, I thought you were trying to put it over like he's got a history of like fucking R. Kelly and people or something. Oh no, uh, dude, I'm sure after that he actually pissed himself. It was like Vince McMahon was like, "You're gonna actually piss on everything." I, I, so the story for those of you who don't know that Jeff's referring to is essentially that they, for the spot at Survivor Series, he had a little piss gimmick in his pocket that was supposed to make it look like he was pissing himself. Uh, he got up on the apron, it didn't work, which sort of would seem to make sense because it did seem to take a very awkward amount of time for this to happen. Um, so that thinking on the spot, he just happened to be able to actually piss himself on command. Uh, which, of course, greatly endeared himself to Vince McMahon. Take a tingle, as they say. Yes. So, um, I, I hate to, you know, put a cork in the end of this penis talk, but I was, I was just Fucking took a look at my spot, man. 
I know. I was just taking a look at the uh, list of WWE personnel, and two things pop out to me. One, they list McKay's as a seamstress. He would be a tailor because he is a man. <laughs> you mean Mikazi? <laughs> Whatever his fucking name is. Yeah, Mikazi's Sasha Banks's husband. Mikazi, yes. Mikazi, yeah. Two, the wellness counselor is Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> How? Apparently Jake the Snake Roberts was otherwise <laughs> occupied. Good lord. Well, he's only got that job until Scott Hall finishes training. <laughs> there you go. Any words? Uh, yeah, so... Piss. Continue. Sal? Oh. Alright, speaking of piss... <laughs> I had to go take a Drake Maverick. Take a piddle, as the the old people would say. (laughs) (laughs) That's the theme tonight, old people phrases. Jeff's the resident youngest old guy on the rundown feed. There you go. I I bowl, play darts, I fucking, I golf. I'm already an old man. Do you watch Dateline? Your your prostate makes an audible noise when you piss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh, speaking uh speaking of old people uh, with diseases I, I envision jeff's couch is covered in plastic <laughs> you can't get dust on it man what the fuck all right uh so on twitter pirate hooker uh announced that she was feeling a little under the weather uh turns out Ky- she had Kyrie some... sane Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever um, so, uh, she announced that she had a hand, foot, and mouth disease, uh, which, of course, uh, I figured, if anything, she would get scurvy, but apparently she's been eating her oranges. Uh, so, yeah, so Pirate Hooker got, uh, got hand, foot, and mouth disease, which she even remarks on, on her Twitter that it's typically something that uh, five-year-olds get. Um, I suppose having the body of a five-year-old would kind of counter the disease's eyes. But uh, yeah, so it seems like she is getting better now. The fever has broken and and her eczema is going away. But uh, kind of an odd thing to have happen. Um, what is uh, so so Sal? What is your favorite disease? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite disease is any that I don't have and that won't kill me. That's so. not a lot. <laughs> um, I'm seriously wondering if they should not mentioned that i mean she might probably mention this on twitter on her own but maybe they shouldn't have because it doesn't do much for her uh tv persona to know hey that girl had hand foot and mouth disease well you understand that like all women have their period and all women have you know people get sick and things like that i am but just uh, sorry hold on guys i got a little breaking news here uh apparently Shayna baszler has announced she has hand foot and mouth disease on her labia oh um, yeah, that's the so, point. Just just distinguish it as an illness. I don't think we really do. We really need to know is hand, foot, and mouth disease. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. We got some further further breaking news on this. Yep. Uh, Kyrie Sane has tweeted um, she's feeling much better. Yeah, she so. didn't. She didn't go to Twitter and say that she's got vaginal discharge or gonorrhea, dude. She's just <laughs> got hand, foot, and mouth disease. It's a normal fucking illness. Like five year olds. For five year olds. Yeah. Well, still. 
I mean, you know, it would be the only thing right now that um, that makes it where like you you kind of wonder is when wrestlers say they have a staff infection because that's typically indicative of the facilities that they use for the for the company when when people get like staff infections and stuff like that it's usually kind of hand in hand with poor uh quality of of you know like the the health room and stuff like that so um something like this is just a weird fucking anomaly and you know you had to translate the tweet to even know what the fuck she was saying because she types in all japanese um, but yeah, like yeah, I can't like I find said. those keys on my keyboard. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's so weird. She must have a special one, special ordered it. Um, but yeah, like like I said, it's we we want our wrestlers to kind of talk about things. Now, is it as in- interesting as Kevin Owens challenging Elton John to a match at WrestleMania? No, but it's at least <laughs> something to you know to make us, you know, want to get it. And plus she got X-Pac to write a sign saying, get well, Kyrie. And so there was that. Two things. Go Breaking ahead. news. Kyrie saying has just been accused of diddling a five-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, weirdly, she has the same Twitter account, uh, Twitter account as that girl who's accusing James Elwood. Weird. Weird. Um, Weird. Uh, two, uh, I forget. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> you know, it's it's good because, you know, two and a hand was worth one of the bush, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Those goddamn ankle biters will get you. That's right. Jesus. As the old people would say. So, speaking of bush, uh, the <laughs> we're not really. Uh, Mr. Adam Birch. Who's Adam Birch, you might ask? Uh, Mr. I Got My Face Imploded Himself, Joey Mercury, was recently uh, accused of uh, infractions including fraudulent use of a credit card, third-degree grand theft auto, and petty theft. And recently, he was completely exonerated. Not in how James Ellsworth is probably going to get out because of paying things, but actually because he didn't do anything wrong. And the <laughs> his attorney... Oh boy, Jeffrey Weiner. <laughs> hey, I didn't know I was representing him. Yeah, seems to that sounds like Jeff's porn name. Yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey Weiner. Wow, can, that's a gay porn name. That's what yeah. that is. You can you can feel the anger that Joey Mercury has just in this thing alone, and he's completely in the right by him. Oh, when you hear the details from his attorney, assuming they're correct, obviously attorney, his attorney's telling them from his side of the yeah. case, but when when you get to some of these details that Troy's about to read... Yeah. So here is the statement... Go ahead, read from, my statement. ...from my wiener. To whom it may concern, I am the attorney of record for Mr. Adam Birch. While I am pleased that his cases have been dismissed based on his actual innocence, not a legal technicality, I want you to know that the fact that he was arrested and charged in two cases in which he has never involved in is an embarrassment to our criminal justice system. The actions of the Winter Park, Florida Police Department represents the sloppiest and most incompetent police work anywhere. Mr. Birch has never or should never have been charged with either of these crimes. A review of the evidence, which was on videotape, makes it absolutely clear that the perpetrator of the crimes was not Adam Birch, probably because he was black. Furthermore, the fact that Adam Birch was not in the United States when the crimes were committed 
illustrates the absurdity <laughs> and grave <laughs> and grave instance in charging and causing the arrest of Mr. Birch. While we are grateful that the Orange County Sheriff's Attorney's Office ultimately realized that Mr. Birch was absolutely innocent, again, not in the same country, <laughs> it, took them, it took them too long to do so. Mr. Birch has <laughs> suffered irreparable harm to his excellent reputation, all because of disgraceful police work. He was arrested in Chicago and subjected to inhumane treatment while he was incarcerated in Chicago and during his transport to Florida from Illinois before he could post a bond to be released. On a personal note, I have found Adam Birch to be an absolute gentleman in all of my dealings with him. All the best, Jeffrey S. Weiner, Esquire Attorney for Record of Mr. Adam Birch. I have found him to be a lovely gentleman. Like, why don't you just throw in, and he has a giant penis. Right. Like, no, I personally, that he has a shapely and just the right size penis. So, I listen to, has anybody in this ever seen the movie Night at the Roxbury? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So all I can think about during this police interrogation is that scene where he's like, "Did you just touch my ass?" I said, "Sir, <laughs> I'm standing across the room. That's a physical impossibility. I know your tricks." That's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I couldn't have committed this crime. I was I wasn't even in the fucking country. Yeah, we know how you pulled this shit off. Like, these are the same cops that fucking arrested Stephen Avery. Apparently, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Yeah. So what I my mind instantly goes to this bit that they do on a local radio station here called 98.5 The Sports Hub, and they call and the bit is "Know Your Armpits of America," and the answer is always Florida, because the most fucked up, stupid shit in the world happens uh, in Florida. So, for the cops to to bring charges against Joey Mercury when he wasn't in the country. Seems like a pretty solid alibi on the surface, <laughs> doesn't it? Also it? Seems, it also seems like a very easy thing to prove. <laughs> True, but it took months. Like, Yeah. I don't know if that was you not in this country. Like, come on. What the fuck? Like, by the way, is Joey Mercury still an agent with the WWE? Oh, he... So, Joey Mercury was actually scheduled to be at All In. He oh. couldn't. He couldn't be there because he was in jail. Yeah, it happened on his way to be yes. part of All In. Uh, he was. He was also recently a part of Lucha Underground. Yeah. Got so it. yeah. So this cost him money. Yeah. You know, yeah. not not only in legal fees but also in work. And this is a guy who's on the independent circuit again and can't really wrestle. So yeah. And in unrelated news, he uh, he is now suing. The police department in the town that arrested him. No, no, don't sue the police department. In other news, he has just been charged with murder. There it is. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, there's nothing. Holy shit, Jeff. Have you been here the entire time? (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was trying to think of old man puns the whole time. Speaking of which, Florida, there's a lot of old people there. I probably should ask them. Um, Let's well pull up your knickers and let's have a good time. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, there's nothing really I can say that you guys. Have Come on, Jeff. Where's the beef? <laughs> oh God! They had that um, lady at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, she had no, no idea I, who the fuck she was, but she was there. I, should, I just, I just, should just quit trying to try and Jeff. It's not. Good. Yeah, I, I'll um. I'll just say, uh, I'm sure paying his attorney cost him a lot of cheese. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now you're just reaching, dude. Speaking of cheese, 
a battle royale with cheese and that made it so that we we're going to have a triple threat match Excellent at segment. TLC. <laughs> That's right. Because Charlotte versus Becky Lynch was not entertaining enough. We had to cram in a third person. So the only possible way we could do it, at least this time it wasn't pinning the champion, was to have a battle royale. And the winner of that per- that battle royale, Oscar. Nice. <laughs> 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 Time that perfectly. (laughs) That's right. Just a week ago, we were talking about the fact that Asuka was somebody that they couldn't figure out what the fuck to do with. So they're like, fuck it. With zero heat, we're going to put her in a fucking TLC match for the women's championship. Fuck it. We'll put her in that match so she can get pinned. Yeah, pretty much. Now, she's the cane of this match, okay? We're not sure if this is the TLC match where you can do pins or not. Thank you. Because it is a championship match. Yes, there are two. There's one where you have to grab the belt, and there's one where you can win by pinfall submission. So assuming you have to grab the belt, maybe this starts a program with her and Charlotte back up. I will say this. I actually did appreciate the fact that with all these women going to the Battle Royal, honestly, I didn't know who was going to win. I had a feeling maybe they'd give Mandy a push, since she's been getting a push recently. Maybe Asuka, maybe Naomi, but I think Asuka makes the most sense. But you didn't know who was going to win because none of them have heat. You looked in that fucking ring and you thought, well, maybe they'll put the Iconics in the main event of TLC. It would have been nice. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe maybe Lano's going to get into it. Maybe Lana will do it. No, I knew it was. Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville will drive by rates. Literally, did you you really 100% know it was going to be Asuka for the match started? Yes. She's been such a non-factor that, you know. But she's, a, but she's she the is... only one of the caliber that can stand in the ring credibly with the other two. Right. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm with Sal on this one. None of them, like, I, any of them could have won because they're all on the same playing field. Lana. Yeah, I okay, could not Lana. Literally, Lana, Lana has literally fought for the title against Naomi twice. True. For, with no build whatsoever. Against Naomi. But Naomi's Naomi is of a different caliber than Sasha than than Charlotte Naomi, and Becky uh, are right now. Naomi is Jack Swagger. And Fine. Jack Swagger won the title though. Exactly, and nobody fucking luck cares. <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like anybody could have been thrown in there. There's just Char- a to lose. Or Charlotte and Becky are legit, like the two biggest stars in the entire fucking company right now. Not named Rousey. Yeah, but we have a couple weeks to fuck that whole thing up too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so and we we still we still don't fucking know why this is happening. Anyways, why we're doing a triple threat? All right, so allow me to play Jeff for a second and, and accentuate the positives here. Um, I thought the opening segment with Becky and Charlotte that set this up was fantastic. I thought the oh, back it was and so great. I thought the back and forth between the two. Uh, you you went from imitating the man to imitate like your old man. I, just so many great lines. I thought both ladies were fantastic in their delivery. They were they believable. They they did a lot to erase the out of nowhere now we're friends hug from previous two Survivor series, which was good. Um, they absolutely felt like the biggest stars on the entire show, male, female, 
whatever they were they were built and they were presented in a way that they were the biggest stars on the show so that was really good um i thought the mic work for mandy once again was really good which was nice to see that they're continuing to trust her in that role and that's that's only good for her because her in-ring is is improving significantly so if she gets the mic work on par she might be in line for a really nice push uh because you'll see her more exactly uh to someone else's point oscar probably just really added to this to keep uh, Becky and Charlotte from having to lose and thus keeping them strong, which is the thing. Uh, the other thing that really sort of bothered me was that the ending to the Battle Royal was pretty much the same ending we got to the Women's Royal Rumble this year. Now, that's yeah. true. That that wasn't, you know, when I saw that, it is where my mind instantly went, was like, oh, that's what they did at the Rumble. Um, but to your point, I enjoy the opening segment. I enjoy the fact that Mandy came out there and called out Paige, who was in the ring with former PCB members, Charlotte and Becky. Um, Not one fucking person was thinking it had anything to do with her PCB history. <laughs> Not one person. Plus the cunt bitches. And then as, as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as she said it, they all went, oh, yeah, that's a thing that happened. But so last like we time, in that wait, wait, weren't they the submission sorority? What happened to that? Well, I feel like I feel like we had a porno name. What was it? <laughs> so a few episodes ago, when I was girls gone wild, that's show, what it was. <laughs> um, Jason, you had mentioned that the sheer mention of the title should have brought out on Raw, should have brought out Sasha, should have brought out Bailey, and I thought it was good that when the title was in discussion, the rest of the division was like, hey, what the fuck? We want to shot the title. Now, whether any of those women are credible as a champion, that's a whole nother story, but yeah, fuck it. Every one of those girls should want to fight for the title. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I, the thing, I, the only thing I didn't like was sort of the hokiness of all the heels coming out together and then, and all, then the all the faces coming out together. Yeah, that was a little hokey, that's true. Like, hey, all of us heel women were hanging out together backstage in the bathroom together, and we heard this, so we decided we're all going to come out at the same time. And then, yeah, it was a little hokey. All right, right. Let's, let's pause and talk about the absurdity of that. So heels, who are generally fucking assholes around like that, would probably not like each other either, right? Right. No, they're right. all aligned. It's like they they form Samoan twat teams. No, yeah, not. common goal. <laughs> yeah. But then on the flip side of that, even the faces, who even though they all fight for truth, justice, in the American way, still would probably want to fight each other for the championship. So also probably wouldn't be that big of fans of each other. But yet, all the all the good guys are all on one team, and all the bad guys are all on on, on the other team. I guess, huh? But they weren't in the Battle Royal. They were in the opening segment like that for time constraints. You don't want to have everybody's entrance music hit over a 30-minute segment. Sal, if you if you pick up that fucking thing one more time, I'm going to shove it up your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> From Wisconsin to Boston, that would be a hell of a fucking reach. That's right. Speaking. Um, I, 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 I just. I oh, just that's right. We have another part of the person on the show. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm here, guys. Don't don't mind me. I, I'll just do my thing quick and get out again for okay. like 20 minutes. Um, no, I, I I just think the idea of having a third person in this feud is it, so silly that any of these people who came into this battle royal could have actually just been in that match, and it really wouldn't have mattered regardless. In, in, Troy, was... in Troy's defense, Jeff, we thought you went down to the Nickelodeon to catch the moving picture show. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go to a talkie? Like... 
I was busy writing my next statement for Joey Mercury. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, speaking of old guys, hey you Jeff, have to start writing statements from for the rundown, signing them Jeffrey <laughs> <Yes>. Wiener, <laughs> Esquire. Why? Why Esquire? <laughs> I don't get it. Because that's what he he signed it. Oh, he, he has Esquire it. in his name. Yes. I mean, I have Esquire in my name. Yes, He's, <laughs> he it was it was Jeffrey S. Wiener Esquire. Wow, I didn't realize I had Esquire in my name. Yeah. So over on Smack. Oh, yeah, so over on SmackDown, AJ Styles called out Daniel Bryan as being the new Brock Lesnar, claiming that, of course, uh, Daniel Bryan missed the house shows and wasn't on SmackDown. And uh, Styles said some other things. So what was your reaction to AJ Styles' promo to try to kind of move this feud along? Um, I, I thought the promo was actually pretty decent. Uh, it was short. Uh, it was a short, sweet promo, and it kind of... It puts Styles kind of like as that uh, baby face looking for revenge and and looking for another run as a top star, pointing out you know he knows what it's like to do what it take do whatever it takes to get to the top. And I, I I did think it was a nice solid promo, especially from AJ Styles, who has been known to kind of give those kind of generic baby face promos. I honestly, I mean, it happened. It didn't. Uh... Didn't make it hard. Didn't move it at all. Um, it was fine. It didn't put it this way: if I wasn't planning on buying TLC, I'm not buying it off of that promo. It wasn't one of those talk them into the building situations. Um, but it was fine for what it was. I was more. I do we really want to do the same thing on Raw with the champion not being there, and then call attention to it that we're doing? I'm sorry, do on SmackDown the same thing we're doing on Raw, and then call attention to it on both shows? Like, it's sort of like it's a shitty thing that we're doing on Raw. So let's not let's do the exact opposite on the other show instead of doubling down. I mean, I also don't really buy it as anything more than a one-off. I don't think it's going to be a thing that Daniel Bryan or the WWE champion is not making house shows. I think it was more of he's avoiding me because he knows he kicked me in the nuts to win the title. And and if it's to that end, I'm fine with it. That being said, I am looking forward to the match. And I thought AJ did what he needed to do. And to be honest, was probably one of his better promos over the past few months. Um, Because he, like Jeff said, he's seeking revenge and it seems to work. All right. So this next question is for Sal, because you're the one who wanted to have this included in here. Was this the worst Raw ever, and why wasn't it? Um, It was very bad. So here's, here's what I've been thinking the past few days, because when I, when I watched this Raw, and to be honest, I watched it mostly because I was going to be on the show this week. But... I felt that this Raw was extremely bad. And, you know, I kind of was wondering if... Jesus, is this done on purpose? Not done on purpose as in they want low ratings or they want a, a crappy product, but are they just trying to get through this month and get into January and get onto the road to WrestleMania, and they don't really give a fuck what they put out because this Raw was fucking atrocious, storyline wise, match wise, which wasn't even that much. 
I feel bad for the people who paid to go see this thing. There have been some bad SmackDowns. Um, there have been some bad episodes of NXT. Um, I don't think either one of those shows is ever as bad as this episode of Raw was. Um, we've touched on some of them. Uh, things like the pissing on a robe to use to build a uh, build a program. The open challenge that you gave no payoff to, but the Ambrose promo. But let's talk about a couple of the other little gems we got on this episode of Raw that we haven't touched on already. Uh, that horrible fucking Nia Jax promo um, with horrible delivery. Uh, Tamina standing there like a lifeless meat curtain. And like literally you took one of the worst talkers in the company put her center ring with a mic in her hand and Rhonda did okay, but Rhonda's not the greatest promo either, but she did fine. Um, but that segment was a fucking train wreck. You have a shitty GM who nobody wants to see in the ring. He has X-Pac heat. And instead of finding a way to lessen him, you doubled down and put him in like 17 different fucking segments. Um, you had the Bailey and Sasha segment, which was fucking awful and cringe-inducing as it was. And then you add to the fact that, oh, by the way, Dana, Dana Brooks a heel now. Uh, those those people she teamed with on the Starcade special last night, yeah, she's attacking them now. No reason given, just eh, fucking eh, whatever. We need some, some bitch to go out there and bitches be crazy, so whatever. Um, you have a face team going three-on-two against the heels consistently. Oh, by the way... You have a heel GM who's supposedly signing off on the face team getting a three-on-two advantage, and the face team is led by a guy that the heel GM used to have a feud with. Because, you know, logic. Uh, we got more of Alicia Fox in the ring, which is always a fucking winner. Ten minutes of Jinder Mahal versus No Way Jose. So, yeah, I'm going to say this was one of the worst Raws of all time. Worse than the Chris Benoit Memorial Special? Yeah, because at least that had some emotion at the time before we knew it felt dirty. <laughs> That's true. Also, um, I'm assuming that lifeless beef curtain or meat curtain, or whatever you said, was the name <laughs> of your wife's vagina. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, you you pretty much covered it all there in, in a whole thing. I was going to make a whole mention of Jinder Mahal and No Way Jose fucking battling it off, which I didn't even know No, no Way Jose was still employed with the company. Um. But at least we found, uh, I think somebody said in the host thread, that uh, Jinder Mahal is above the totem pole on somebody. <laughs> uh, you get um, you get that awful Lucha House Party Revival match that we just saw last week. The same exact fucking match. And then you get fucking Snatch Belly Button fucking Baron Corbin dominating the entire show. It's It's really... It's just terrible. It's... The, I, I, if, can you pick any positives out of this show? Like, is that that's really the the whole? It thing. ended. Alexa Bliss's ass was on it. Yeah, yeah. They they yeah. did not have a they did not have a fifteen minute overrun. There you go. There you go. That's good. You get uh, Ember Moon actually beating Alicia Fox, which it, is no doesn't count as a positive because Alicia Fox cancels out any positives from that. That's true. Yeah, but what if Alicia Fox won? Then this would absolutely, without a doubt, be the worst Raw of all time. 
Although I did find it, I don't know if anybody else found it a little weird, amidst the now reports that Alexa Bliss is actually training again at the PC and getting close to getting back in the ring, now she's made into the authority figure for the women's division. I also found it a little weird that Corbin, and they sort of emphasized a couple times, the entire women's division. They didn't say the raw women's division. They said the entire women's division, but there was no mention of it on SmackDown. Yep. (laughs) That's because SmackDown doesn't have a women's division. Well, so, I mean, SmackDown's like the kickoff show. It doesn't actually count. That's true. Jeff. What's up? Jeff just went. Oh, did I'm he? Here. Yeah. Al? What? I didn't realize you Sorry, I forgot you Sal- weren't here anymore. Sal went. <laughs> I think we've all touched base on this issue now. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Unless anyone has anything else to add. All right. Then. If you couldn't, if you if you couldn't tell whose whose turn it is to go first next, it's Jason's turn. At our main event this week, <laughs> let's talk about how CM Punk has no place to judge anything within the WWE or wrestling in general at this point, because of course CM Punk was recently asked about the Young Bucks. And about uh, WWE in general, or he wasn't asked about WWE, but of course segued into talking about WWE, and said the more time that uh, that they they're given, the less time that they use to establish their superstars. And of course, talked yet again about how he's been gone for five years, and it doesn't seem like anything has changed. It's always been the same place, and blah blah blah. Oh, what was me? So, Jason, mm-hmm. take it away. Uh, so. Fuck CM Punk. But I agree with him on this. And that's going to be the sort of holy shit moment of the show, I guess. Um, he's 100% right. And I disagree with him as a performer. I wasn't a fan of, of the way he left or conducted himself or any of that. And we've, we've gone through that ad nauseum here. But when the guy is correct and he makes a correct point and he speaks from experience... I can't disagree. And if you want a great example exactly of what he's talking about, look at SmackDown. If you go back, we were 80 minutes into that show with one in-ring match. Mm. One in 80 minutes. So if you want to sit there and disagree with Punk and maybe he's the wrong messenger, and that's fine, but the message is correct. They do not build stars. No matter how much more time they get, they get three hours now, and you sit there and go, okay, well, cool, they can start telling better stories and expanding this on Raw and and, and building new characters, and they've regressed from the days when CM Punk was there. The days CM Punk was there, we, we at least tried things. We at least tried Zack Ryder as U.S. champion. We at least tried giving Daniel Bryan and CM Punk the, the different brand championships at the same time. We we tried, you know, Kane as a heel and feuding with Cena and getting Eva, not Eva, uh, Eva, yeah, not, blah, 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 why am I fucking blanking on her Eve name? Torres. Eve Torres involved in the, in the storyline. We did different things. We tried things. We were in different parts of the arena. We made it visually different. It was stale then, and they've managed to make it even fucking worse. So I will rarely find myself saying this in the history of the rundown, but... I can't disagree with CM Punk. Now, here's what I'm going to say about that, is that 
it is so easy not to disagree with CM Punk. And it doesn't matter if it's CM Punk, if it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, if it's Chris Jericho, if it's Taz. It's very easy to tell that the WWE at this point is not building stars. They're not putting on a compelling product. And it's been going on for a while. And uh, I have transitioned myself from a really very, so you're a woman now no i have transitioned <laughs> myself from a hardcore cm punk fan and over the past few years he has said a lot of things and done a lot of things that have made me not a fan of his that's my influence let's be honest probably i but am the workhorse not... at a rundown but uh <laughs> punk and anybody else who criticizes the current product is not wrong and i think we've been saying that for a long time now yeah, let's say like at this point, CM Punk, we can we can all agree, I think, that he's an old bag at this point. He's forty years old. <laughs> and, Basically but, Bret Hart. So And he but he yeah, I mean anybody who said this, fucking anybody who said the words that he said, you can't disagree with it. If it's just a true statement that he made. It's everything about it is true. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, if 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 they had a decent product and he was he, let's be honest, if he had a de- if they had a decent product going and they were building stars and they were doing that, he would still say this shit. That's but fair. The fact that it's actually happening, you have to agree with him. Okay, here's something that's even worse. Is it, it, it goes along with Punk's statement is that if they were building stars, they'd have a lot more people lined up behind Roman, so that when something like that happened, they'd have coverage and they'd have somebody to step into the next spot and and fill that void on Raw. Because as much as people hate on Roman, God does Raw miss him now a lot. Yeah, and you have fucking Elias stepping up. And you know what? I don't think Elias is bad. I just think he's green as far as in ring. He's not. He might get there one day. I thought his match on Raw wasn't even that bad. Yeah, I mean he's got he's in Jinder Mahal status where he's got a good jumping knee, but that's about it. <laughs> I actually agree with Sal. I thought uh, this week on Raw was Elias's best in ring match. I'm not arguing that. The problem is, outside of the Shield, who have they built? I mean, I... uh, But, you know what? Then they should have pulled the trigger on him and put the title on him. Even AJ Styles, I fucking love AJ, but he's 40 years old. He's not your star of the future. And AJ came in pre-built. But, I mean, when you look at it, who is the star of the future? Ricochet? It was Roman. It was 100% Roman. Well, yeah. Seth, maybe? I really feel like if you can get Elias to do really good in-ring work, you could have him as the future. Right, but since that's not going to happen, and, and especially <laughs> and, and what you said with Raw, him him like having his best match, that's like having a turd in the, or having a piece of gold surrounded by turd and barbed wire. Which now, is see, it? it's funny you mention a piece of gold because if they knew what to do with Bobby Lashley. Or if they pulled the trigger on Drew McIntyre, then you could start building stars, and this company would be okay. 
Yeah, but Bobby Lashley's an old biddy too. <laughs> I like that you're like this. This forty-one-year-old guy, he's the future. This thirty-six-year-old guy is the future. Uh, no, the future is Velveteen Dream and Ricochet and and maybe Johnny Gargano, but he's kind of up there as well. Um, but uh, then again. I mean, is Velveteen Dream going to come to the main roster and turn into just Goldust, you know, well, or or turn into Damian Mizdow or whatever? Even worse, he's going to turn into our truth Yeah, that's that's what you should be concerned about is is these people getting up to the main roster and just being fucking destroyed. Well, we've seen that for the past two years. Everybody, they and and I don't know if it's out of spite. If Vince just wants to establish his dominance over Triple H that much, that he's like, no, anybody who's your guy, I'm gonna bury them. But I'm you, pretty sure I'm pretty sure Vince establishes his dominance over Triple H by fucking his wife. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it is, is, is in the past two years, we have not seen really anybody come up from NXT that has, you know been anything worthwhile on either brand. Well, you got Drew McIntyre. He, he's promising, at least. Uh, slow, Joe. Uh, oh, Joe's <laughs> man, too. I love Joe. Joe's another guy who's 40 years old, you know? Fuck, Drew. You love Drew, and yet, for some reason, all they can find for Drew is three-man tag teams. Well, or three-man least, factions. At least they're putting him in a position where he could be the future. I think I think you need to to understand that Drew will most likely get his push after WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, at least like if if they get, if they put the title on him now, it wouldn't be that surprising. No, but if, you really need to stick him in these factions. Now he's with oh, fucking Baron Corbin and, and and fucking Lashley. Yeah, fucking goddamn cunt cunt belly. <laughs> yeah, but again, it, I it. It feels it feels a lot like they're just they they need to have him do something to keep his his face up there, but they have plans in the future for him. And right now, the plan is that Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman is going to be the thing heading into to Royal Rumble, and then we'll see what happens after that. I mean, obviously, there's been talk of Seth Rollins being against uh, Brock Lesnar at, at Mania, and maybe they they do revert back to trying to have have Rollins be the top guy in the company or you know you have it where you transition it over at WrestleMania to Seth to be being another being a champion again only to have him lose in a couple of months to Drew after that so I I do think that they they obviously see a lot in McIntyre so um but I think that it's just a timing thing right now. They they need yeah. he needs to kind of he he's just in a holding pattern until the time is right. I think. Speaking of which, you know, do you guys think do that these? Guys. Well, do you, just because I got a you, big nose, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> do you think that Raw has been this bad because they are just kind of in a holding pattern until they get to the road to WrestleMania? That they they know that. You know, the ratings will suffer, but they don't care because it's December. The holiday, God knows, the Christmas show, the Christmas Eve show on Raw this year is going to be awful. So maybe they'll amp it up at the Royal Rumble. Maybe things will stop being more compelling around that time. I think part of it is 
Um, there's still this is still the follow up from the Roman Reigns thing, and I think that they're still scrambling to do a lot of rewrites and trying to to you know make some semblance of it. When you lose your top star on on a show that was supposed to be like the main focal point going forward, you have to fill all that time with something, and right now they've been filling it with shit. So. Right. I think I think that that threw a lot into it, but I think also it it just again kind of shows that, um, you know, I mean, there's always going to be an ebb and flow on things. You know, there's always going to be highs and lows, and this right now is just kind of close to rock bottom as we can get, and hopefully we'll be able to get back up with the upswing soon. But we don't have those. We don't have those peaks and valleys with things like NXT. Hell, we don't even have these kinds of peaks and valleys with with SmackDown. There are better weeks and worse weeks, but it stays in a fairly consistent zone. No, and, and I think there's been a lot of talk that this week that, and it's been trending downward, but this week's Raw was really bad. And, you know, there is an argument that with the talent they have on that show, at any given point, they could turn it up. Who knows? And, and, and well, you I, know, to be fair, this is a show, this is a program in Raw that. I'm sure you guys mentioned it while I, was, I stepped away for a minute, but you, you've talk, you're talking about a program that's lost Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I mean, those are four of your bigger personalities and potential guys who could step into that Roman Reigns spot who are now all missing. No, Troy mentioned that. that and Alexa you know, Bliss. Right. It, it, and Troy had mentioned, very frankly, that the loss of Roman is, is not going to be an easy one to take. And then you right. throw in Braun and Kevin Owens, and yeah, that you feel the effects. I mean, it, it comes down to almost like a pattern with with Raw. It's 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 kind of like flatlining, and then you get like one Raw where you're like, all right, that was all right, but we were really due for like a garbage Raw. We haven't had a garbage Raw in like a, at least a month or two, and you you get these these real bad episodes of raw that really just insult everybody's intelligence and it, it it's it, it, we always come it seems like as a fan i at least i always come back to this it's, it's just what the fuck are they do, doing like i understand you got to fill the void but you are filling the void i mean how long ago now was the roman reigns leukemia thing i mean like you really ran out of steam that quickly trying to fill that void well, when you have a top guy, it is difficult to rewrite everything, especially but, when you put storylines on hold for brand supremacy. But you had it. I mean, you had it with, with, with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. That that fills the void. I mean, if you wrote it correctly or you had it acted correctly or whatever you're going to do, I mean, that fills that void. I mean, you could have done it a million different ways and you decided to do this week and focus on fucking goddamn baron corbin like nobody gives a shit about that guy yeah and the thing that sucks is you still have finn balor good and healthy yeah, and well, we're just not using him the only thing he's good for at this point is seeing his cock every week that's true which we're happy for sure yeah. uh real quick note on finn balor i mean this is a guy that we originally thought going into the match at SummerSlam with Seth two years ago that, you know, oh shit, they're going to strap a rocket to him. He's going to be the first Universal Champion. And by nobody's fault, he got hurt. And then when he came back, they've done nothing with him at all in two plus years since he's come back. 
I don't understand why, other than from what I read, that Vince doesn't really get him unless he's the demon character. Other but than that, he thinks so, he's pretty bland. That's a so, SummerSlam character. So that's an interesting point, though, and I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, I think I understand not wanting to overdo the demon character, but I think in the the pursuit of not overdoing it, you've underdone it to the point where you've undercut a big part of what makes him marketable and successful. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I think you're missing out on an opportunity to make money with that character. And once again, you wasted it on Baron Corbin. <laughs> like, why? Why Baron Corbin? Why is he the thing? He's a fucking middle-aged, balding man. Well, now he's all the way bald anyway. You could still see, like, he's still got the stubble on the side of his head. Like, he needs to just by go, way, like... By the way, Sal just threw another bottle cap, Troy, so get your uh, ass-shoving skills ready to go. Already got hey, where are you throwing them? It fucking fell, all right? So, not, not, so considering that, uh, um, you know, Baron, you're talking about Baron Corbin being bald... He probably should watch out where he is in Florida because they think that anyone who's bald <laughs> is a wrestler and might arrest him. So <laughs> I'll defend him. It's all right. That's right, you will. Oh, and by the way, I know it's not on the perfect ten, but um, are we looking forward to a GM role for Alexa Bliss? Well, no, because apparently she's about to start wrestling again. So yeah, it's not, it sounds like she is um, training to to come back. So. Good, good. I hadn't heard that, so that's awesome. You said it was Jeffrey S., right? No. Jeffrey S. Wiener, yep. Ah, shyster. That's what it stands for, by the way. I, I don't I don't think that I don't think it's Jeffrey S. I think it's Jeffrey's Wiener. I think it is Jeffrey's Wiener, yeah. Oh, I think he just I, it was just a typo. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's not a period, it's supposed to be an apostrophe. <laughs> by the way, can we <laughs> Can you make sure that you uh, you set up a new segment where it's um, <laughs> or, or set up a, at least a, like a transition song where it's just Sal saying, "I know it's not on the perfect ten, but," and it leads into <laughs> into whatever he's going to say. <laughs> just, just sorry, asking. Jason. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, I think I was done. Oh, okay. okay. Much like the I, perfect ten. <laughs> much like the perfect ten. We are, yeah. Exactly. We are done as well. So let's take a look at what is going on around the independent circuit. The stars of Bruce City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin for Jingle Bells Bash. On Saturday, December 8th, tickets are $20 ringside and $60 advance on BruceCityWrestling1.com using PayPal or $18 at the door. Bell is set for 7.30 and doors open at 6.45. This is also an event with Toys for Tots. Fans are encouraged to bring a non-wrapped toy or book for the children for Christmas, as the stars of Bruce City Wrestling will be delivering them to the children's hospital, as well as a couple of chair shots. Already signed, Bruce City Wrestling Women's Champion Evil Sierra will take on Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azor, and the Maidens of Iron take on the Brown family. More fandom money matches will be announced soon. Go to BruceCityWrestling1.com, go to Twitter at, at BCW1, or Facebook Bruce City Wrestling, or Instagram Bruce City Wrestling. That's you, Jason. Chaotic Wrestling returns to the Woburn Elks Lodge on Friday, December 7th at 295 Washington Street, Woburn, Mass. Doors open at 715. Bell time is at 8 p.m. Sal wanted this put on there because he's going to be in attendance. So if you want to meet the rundown host, Sal, 
or WrestleMania's Salvation host, Sal, go to the Chaotic Wrestling Show. He will have his own little booth and a table set up. He'll be signing autographs for you there. Uh, Make but sure while... you throw bottle caps at him. <laughs> or shove them up his ass, either way. Uh, but while you're there, you might want to check out the return to the ring of the Fire Band and New Hampshire's fi- favorite son, Brian Fury, as he takes on the challenge of JT Dunn, the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, as they battle for the title of the greatest Chaotic Heavyweight Champion of all time. I can think of a few people that might fit in that conversation as well. Also announced for this show, retrosexual Anthony Green defends the uh, New England Championship against the Man of Steel, Mike Verna. Bear Country defends their newly won tag team titles against the Amazing Graysons. The most marketable man in wrestling, Richard Holiday, takes on Josh Briggs, plus more of your favorite chaotic wrestling competitors. Tickets are $10 for general admission and $18 for VIP packages. For more information, go to chaoticwrestling.com. Isn't the Amazing Graysons the name of the husband and wife duo that died and their kid got diddled by Batman? What? (laughs) No? Okay. ICW returns December 20th to the La Pica Lounge. ICW presents Insane Xmas Party starting at 7 p.m. Former IWGP Intercontinental Champion and known asshole Michael Elgin makes his (laughs) ICW debut. (laughs) VIP ringside is $20. General Mission 15, the ICW alternative title will be on the line in a Light Tubes fuckery boards match as Oren V takes on Marcus Crane. The ICW world title will be on the line as New Japan Pro Wrestling superstar Big Mike Elgan takes on Joey Jet Avalon. The ICW tag team championships will be on the line as the Foley Brothers take on Bear Kingdom. Is, don't you have a bear something up there? Yeah, yeah. Bear, bear Country. Yeah, bear yeah, bear Country. Right. Different team. Uh, the six-man tag team action will take place as the Gentlemen's Club, Aesop Mitchell, Jack Moody, and Tyler Sullivan take on Sierra Dis and Derek St. Holmes. Marman Mario Crivello takes on Resort Live Captain Spicoli and The D, Del Sambra. Riley Jackson also will take on GQ Giannis. Jacob Hoffman, Simon Says, Pitbull, Zach McGuire, and Jack Blackwell with Miss Birthday. All right. Will it be in action in a fatal four-way match? Also, there will be an Elgin student match, whatever that is. Liberty States Wrestling presents Holiday Havoc on Saturday, December 22nd from the John E. McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. I will read whatever you just typed in. <laughs> Already signed for this big event. The tag titles will be online as the main, main state posse defend against Insanely Rude in a match that was scheduled for our last main event until MSP refused to show. Uh, Vern Vicala will defend the Liberty States Wrestling Championship, the Liberty States Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against the debuting Perry Von Vicious and the return of Opportunity and Knox Ladder Match where Nico Silva, Antoine Nicholas, Tomahawk, and Sweatboy Christopher, <laughs> is that really his name? Sweatboy Christopher James? Yep. Will all fight to retrieve the contract good for a title shot against any Liberty States champion at any time. I'm going to read it, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> plus, Robo will defend his Some Limits Championship in a, <laughs> in, a <laughs> in a Sopal on a Pole match, and Johnny Vegas, Setherin, Vanity Vixen, and known piece of shit Todd Sopal are also <laughs> scheduled to appear. Doors open at 6.30, bells at 7. Tickets are $10 at the door for general admission. For updates, visit facebook.com slash Liberty States Wrestling. Uh, there I love is an that. It took now, all and three of us. Uh, there it is took all three of us now. to change that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> 
the, the update is uh, it's actually the John Cena Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, yes, they renamed it. All right, Apparently we also Johnny, have Johnny McCarthy owns slaves. So we also <laughs> we also have a new segment on this show where we're going to give some results from a recent hotly contested independent program in somewhere around the country. So Sal, take it away. All right, from the Oakland Metro Opera House on November 2nd, 2018, Hood Slam presented Non Ducar Duco on the Stoner U pre show hosted by Scott Rickerson, Screamin' Eagle Mike O'Shea, and Sean M. Allen. Drew Boy Vincent defeated. What? I'm sorry, Drew Bad Boy Vincent defeated Bartman. Then on the main show, hosted by Brosef Joe Brody, music by Hood Slam Band, the Stoner Brothers, Scott Rick and Rick Scott Stoner, and Drunken Justice, Bat Manuel and Johnny Drinko Budabai, defeated DDS and Jesus Bryce, representing Caillou Attack Wrestling and the Millennial Kaiju. Attack Wrestling and the Millennial Falcons, Richard Shinare. And Berkeley Brawler, Big B defeated Angel of Flight Mike Matthews to retain the best athlete in the East Bat Golden Fanny Packs Championship. What is this? What is with this fucking company of bats? <laughs> I don't know. Disenchanted Lady K, Funny Bone, Super Beast, and El Chupacabra defeated the squad. Kenny K, Hip Hop Harry, Shakira Spears, and D Rogue. Shotzi Blackheart defeated Joey Ghost Dicks Ryan. Whoa, whoa, De Joko. De Kojo. Sorry. Or Dokjo. Dokjo. Coach Joey Nuggs and Karate Kai Jack and Brutal Rob Hands defeated the Caution 2. She can Abadi, Boone, and Glorious Banana. Jesus <laughs> Wild card Survivor Series match. Stop adding shit. <laughs> Anton Voorhees and Ian Hansment for the survivors of the team, also including Pro Wrestling Hobo, Fight Club, Finland, <laughs> Solomon S, and Handsome Devil, Anthony Budabai, defeating the team of Juiced Lee, Serial Man, Johnny's Wiener, Super Tiger, James C., and Royce Isaacs. Must have been a handicap match. Hidden Gem uh, It was was Lucha House Rules (laughs) Hidden Gem Matt Carlos defeated Drugs Bunny To win the Golden Gig Championship That does it for the rundown No no that's not your part You just stop now You forgot the line underneath it I don't think think we ever did an intro For the perfect 10 Yes we did Yes we did Like hours ago we did Okay Clearly that is it for the rundown for this Thursday, November 29th. It has been 74 hours since Drake Maverick pissed on something. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. On the, you That's forgot the, the very important last part of that sentence. Yeah, pissed on something yeah. on live TV. All right, on live <laughs> TV. Sorry. Pissed on something more recently than that. That's true. Probably his wife. Uh, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at, at Rundown Podcast. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rundown wrestling. Email the show via rundown wrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 617 863 6967. That's 61 rundown 7. 
We're on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash rundown wrestling and give us money. Listen to our friends at Kingpin Brian Malonis on Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash DWPN or DWPAN.com. Check out our friend Justin Matt Michaels on his show Yes to Waltz on Tough TV. Go to ToughTV.com to stream it live. Stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear promises that we will bring back our other shows. The Nitromania Podcast, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, Making the Grade, The Markout Rankout with Josh, Coon Talk with Raccoon Reigns, and WrestleMania Salvation. You can follow our hosts on Twitter at GStuart0920, at RockstarTroy, at JokersWild702, at WrestleMania Salmonella Poisoning, at Redundant Rundown Host, at Making the Murderer, at Johnny Nitromania, at Hurry Up Cruisers, at Todd Sopo Lyoscroats, at Johnny's Wiener underscore Esquire. You're too slow on it. At Dickhead. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you're still at the, at, at, with us at this point, <laughs> the underscore. <laughs> I had to make sure you you can't you can't. By the way, you can't put apostrophes in the names. By the way, Johnny's underscore winner. <laughs> thanks to Jeff. Oh, thanks, man. I had a blast. <laughs> I'm old, by the way. Yeah. Thanks to Sal. Oh, thank you, Troy, for having me. It's been a blast. Sal, plug your actual Twitter, please. At WrestleMania Sal. Next up, Jeff will be joining me for the fuck fest known as WrestleMania 21. Awesome. Uh, Jeff, uh, any any plans for the next Hurry Up and Cruise Await, or, or is it going to be another Jeff-only episode? Want to join me, Troy? I'll put you on the spot right now. Uh, maybe. Well, I'll, I'll let you. That's fine right now. <laughs> hey, he didn't say no. Okay, that's what that's James Elbert said. I was just looking for a solid yes, you know. And thanks to Jason. Uh, thanks. I'm, I'm happy I was able to pr- provide the blast that both Sal and Jeff had tonight. And thanks again for Jason for our theme song. Next week, we talk about how shitty and awful our feet is. <laughs> well, that's not nice. Does that mean we'll uh, see you next Thursday? Later. Jeff. Bye-bye. All right, Jeff, you're up. We've been waiting all week. Let's go. What do you got? First of all, <clears throat> um, we're a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> it was last fucking week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, but I missed the week. Hey, it, was it was something, man. You're horrible at this, Jeff. You need to work on this shit. That's the point. Jeff, right, never change. That's right, right, Jeff. I pop belly. The Run Wrestling Podcast was created by Adam Salzer as a way to make friends, but quickly everyone abandoned him. While sitting in a puddle next to a rundown Taco Bell, Adam met Troy and Jason, who were given the rundown and a blowjob each for a Nacho Bell Grande. We are a member of the <laughs> We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network, which, much like the piss-soaked robo Bobby Rude, continues to be draped over the shoulders of a monumental disappointment in an effort to make it seem like so not such a big disappointment. Visit questionnetwork.com before the cum goes cold. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.